Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we begin by discussing Colby's busted Apple Watch and the scourge that is daylight savings time. Then we get into this week's tech news, including Amazon's creepy new delivery service and WeWork's creepy new kindergarten class. It's all coming up now on a brand new Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 181, recorded November 6th, 2017. 11 minutes in heaven. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on Gadgets There and You. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by my co-host, two guys who still can't find where that daylight savings hour went, Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, how are we doing? What's up? What's, what's going down? I was bitten by the uh, Apple Watch bug. Did you read about this? No. Is, it, is, no. There, is there something going around? Is it yeah. where you drop it on the floor and it shatters into yeah, a million I was pieces? just about to make that joke, Colby. <laughs> <laughs> too soon too soon yeah. colby dropped his watch no. i dropped my watch too i just got it replaced uh yeah but you you guys and what's great is you both dropped them in really cool circumstances like dan how'd you drop yours i was going to a brooklyn nets game and the guy was pushing me to the security too fast so i was trying to put my watch back on after going through the metal detector and instead i dropped it on the floor <laughs> oh no very oh. cool i was just <laughs> so cool shower. yeah what about you and- colby I was taking a shower. I took it off. I put it on the sink. Um, and I i don't know what happened. I put it on the sink in the same place I always put it on the sink. I turned around. I don't know if I bumped it. I don't know if I just hadn't put it securely on the sink. Uh, but I turned around to like turn on the shower and heard something fall to the ground. When I turn, turned back to look, I saw the Apple Watch laying face down on the tile I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and that was also the moment that I remembered I hadn't gotten the extended Apple Care for my Apple Watch. Um, so so I basically just have, like, a $300. Now, can you buy the Apple Care? Is it still within that grace period? No, because to get it, you ha- it makes you run the diagnostic thing. Uh-huh. That's, what, that's what I was talking about before. And I can't, like, unlock my Apple Watch because... The screen is broken, so I can't type in my passcode, uh, so it can't run the diagnostic. Whether or not, like, the diagnostic might be able to tell that uh, the screen is broken. Or it might just make you, like, touch something on the screen. Who knows what it does? I couldn't even get to get to starting. <laughs> Aw. That's tragic. Uh, yep. What was I talking about? <laughs> I- Your Apple Watch. You said an Apple Watch bug. Oh, yeah. So uh, on Saturday, I was curious what the weather was going to be like Sunday. Spoiler alert, it was awful. And so, uh, you know, I was walking around the kitchen after I made dinner, and I was like, uh, hey, Dingus, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? And it's like Siri said like one syllable, and then it just shut off. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, that was weird, and I didn't think anything about it. But then the next day I read that this was like a daylight savings time bug. You couldn't ask Siri a question about the day that daylight savings time happened. Awesome. It would crash every time. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. I don't know how you That's accidentally cool. do that. Yeah, if you were in Arizona, it worked fine because there is no daylight savings right. time. Mm. Also, so- fun, another fun daylight savings time fact I, I learned today. Uh, how does Amtrak deal with daylight savings time? Like the different stops and like... Oh. I think I know this one. They just cease train service for most of the year. <laughs> what? For most of the year? <laughs> yeah, for daylight savings time. That's only one day out of the year. They just Oh, I <laughs> thought you meant for the entirety of when it's in effect. Oh no, the the transition. Oh no, I have no idea, Dan. I'd love to know. Uh in when it uh so so yesterday what they did was the trains Right before it happened, the trains just wait in the station for an hour oh. to let time catch up. No joke. This is on their website. And then they keep going. Oh, God. But then what do they do in the spring when it's like the hour doesn't happen? They, they make up the time. Uh, yeah. Hmm. It's crazy. There is There is no accounting for that in their schedule. Wow. Neat. We, uh, fun fact. 
I feel like fun. we should just bail out on daylight savings. Well, Massachusetts so is trying to. This is what I propose. I'd for that. Sean, are you familiar with the leap second problem in computers? Vaguely. So computers have a leap second. Everyone has a leap second, but most people just don't care. The computers, milliseconds and uh, trading day windows. Time is kind of important. Uh, and so there's all this complicated crap that happens on a leap second. One second lasts longer than a second. And, like, it's crazy. My proposal is after reading this, why don't all computers just stop working for one second? They don't have to care about the leap second. Yeah. But all computation stops for one second across the world. <laughs> I feel like there's some Problem statistic solved. where it's like it would cost our economy thirteen trillion dollars to lose computing power for one second. How much do we lose by all these crazy bugs that happen because some programmer forgot that a second is not always the same length as of the second before? I it. feel like it would be almost easier to just slow down the rotation of the Earth so it so it actually rockets to the equator and yeah, yeah, as part as part of your supervillain package to reducing the leap second, yeah. You should, uh, when Super Train comes, Sean, that will be part of the package. Get on the train. We finally got to the Super Train episode. Yes! <laughs> Another Dan Miller inside joke. You gotta you got yes. know about the Super Train. And now you're part of, a, like, a bigger club of people who, if you say Super Train online, people will know what you're talking about. Mm. Or you'll, they'll, say- they'll be like me and think you're talking about the short-lived 1970s NBC television series well, Super Train. Well, that's what they were talking about. Of course. Right? Yeah. Colby, what do you think of Super Train? Are you are you a part of the Super Train generation? Are you on board? Literally, are you literally on board? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. They don't I give you much of a choice. You're either on board or you're off. Like mm, that's true. It just made me think of Snowpiercer. Really, that's basically what Snowpiercer was, right? Is that episode forty? Did it come out before the movie? Nope. that uh, I don't know. That's a good question. The uh, and I'll just remind folks if you're if you haven't listened to our page, we're yeah, talking about episode Roderick twenty five Super Train Roderick on the line is the podcast episode that we're talking about right now. Yes. Mm. Snowpiercer was was released June twenty seventh, twenty fourteen. Was before Snowpiercer, March twenty first, twenty twelve, ahead of this time. Yeah, but the TV really series Super Train was released before both of those, so you know, just saying, mm-hmm. it's not a competition. <laughs> I, I love, I love the description for this episode: teching makes radioactive devil dogs, faking the patios poorly, Anakin's dubious conception, plus a detailed glimpse into your exciting new role in John's comprehensive plan. And it was <laughs> comprehensive. I will agree and with it, that. It, Honestly, it wraps everything up nice and neat. There's, you know, no uh, no string left undone. What's the what's the phrase I'm looking for there? No stone left unturned. No stone left unturned. Every piece in its place. <laughs> Delightful. I uh, uh, I do want to circle back to daylight savings time for just a second though because it's bullshit. But I think we need reverse daylight savings time because. I was feeling real good on Sunday, right? I had that extra hour of sleep. I went to bed early. I was feeling good. I got out of work on Monday, and it was pitch black out. And I'm like, this is really... So not only do we need to get that hour back, but why in the winter aren't we even adding another hour so that the sun is still out at a reasonable time in the winter? <laughs> like, they went the wrong... You're going right, the wrong right. way. It's saving It's saving the, the wrong daylight. Like, I don't... I right? appreciate, There's more important daylight to be saved. I appreciate <laughs> the extra daylight in the summer. I do, but that's not where I need it. Hmm. People buy extra lamps to put in their homes to get more sunlight. Like, just right, change them. Right. You were doing daylight savings already. Just do it <laughs> the right if, way. I think that's something scientists should study is like whether uh, places that observe daylight savings times have more like sad people during the winter than places that don't. Probably. That would not surprise me in the slightest. It is pretty sad. Right. I have a controversial opinion. Oh, God. I don't really care about like the sun. (laughs) It's going to be it's going to be cold. Right. It's going to be cold. I, so I'm just not one of these people affected by like 
seasonal affective disorder. It's going to be cold, like, and sometimes it, I think cold has its pros and cons. Sometimes it sucks, but if it's sunny and cold or dark and cold, it doesn't really matter. It's cold. Well, it's but it's not about the it's it's about the light more than the heat. Right. Like today, it wasn't really cold, it, but it was dark at four thirty or whatever. Your and body was... needs the vitamin D the sun provides. Without vitamin D, your body gets really fucked up. You need vitamin D. You should be taking a supplement, Dan. It's very good for you. You can get any GNC. Yeah, you got a powder for me, Sean. You got a yeah, vitamin D powder. Macho mm. Macho Man D vitamin D powder. Just ground that up into your like cereal in the morning. Yeah, or it's like uh, Metamucil, but you know more expensive. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, it does. Uh, question. Did anyone we missed last week? Did anyone order a phone last week? Did we talk about? We didn't get to talk about this, right? No, oh, we didn't. Do we get? We do we get to do our version of the 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 iPhone pre order recap that's ding, happened ding, 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 on every single yes. podcast I listen to? <laughs> Trademark uh, due by Friday. Yes. Uh, well, did did anyone did anyone get the new phone? Let's be I honest. I, yeah, I said I, I would take the iPhone 10 challenge, and I did. I see two hands up. Yep, yeah. I did too. But does anyone uh, actually have it? I don't. Uh, so I set my alarm, uh, you know, as as any diligent iPhone X order. If one were to describe you, I think it would be diligent. If we had go into our head. I think I think I think it needs a qualifier like selectively diligent or something. Sometimes just, diligent. discerningly <laughs> diligent. That kind of defeats the purpose, but OK, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, be like most of the um, time, I'm always on time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm almost always punctual. Uh, so I, I had I I did the upgrade program thing last year. So I like did my pre-approval for the loan and stuff. Um, set my alarm for three a.m. Woke up at three a.m. Like opened the app, it wasn't there. And then, like, I fucking fell asleep again. <laughs> so I woke up, like, two hours later at 5.30. And I was like, oh, my God, I fell asleep. Uh, at which point I opened the app again, ordered the phone, and the ship date was, like, sometime in November, in December. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I got an email yesterday, I think, that, like, my order was is shipping. So it's supposed to arrive, like, in the 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 20s of november uh i actually didn't fall asleep but it did take like 10 minutes for me to actually be able to order it so obviously i didn't get first day but today i got an email saying that it's going to be here on friday which is fantastic because i won't be here on friday so <laughs> Not good. What, i'm pretty sure mine is going to come exactly when i'm home for thanksgiving uh-huh. And they uh, always make you sign for those. Right. That's why you have it shipped to your work address. Oh, damn. That's smart. I should have done that. I figured it would be fine. I was too... Oh, no. Know, in, in New York, I I ordered a stupid cable from Apple. The stupid, uh, you know, it's Apple, so it was still a $30 cable, but still $30. And I had it shipped to my apartment. I was like, oh, it's not that big. They can just slip it in the slot. Whatever. No, they can't. FedEx has to sign for it. Oh, FedEx and so, is the worst about that. Yeah, so they left me the little thing in the door, and I and I was like, dude, please sign this and let us know if you want us to leave it. And so I signed it. I was like, fucking leave it outside. I don't care. And then I came back the next day, and they had they had kept the note on the door, written the other day that they didn't leave it, and then checked the signature required thing. So they were like, no, I will not leave it here. So they just did their five attempts, and then it returned, and I got my money back, and I tried to go to the Apple Store today to buy it, but they don't have it at the Apple Store. Uh, uh. This is stressful. I wonder, you can, if you pay attention, right, you can, like, schedule UPS to come at a certain day, right? That doesn't help me because my doorbell doesn't work. Oh. My doorbell works. That's nice. Uh, I'm just concerned about the holiday the holiday awayness mm-hmm. 
I've been I've been wanting to try one of those like the Amazon lockers. I think it's great for Amazon, but I need that for everything. You know, they have this this thing now. It's pretty cool. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, it's called a PO box. PO box. Yeah. <laughs> do they also have UPS boxes? Like they you do. can get a yes. box at the UPS store. Yes. I never I until this moment I didn't realize that that was exactly the same as what a post office is. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah, except more expensive. Um no, the um I have a problem at my house. My packages disappeared. I tell you guys this uh because my neighbor takes them. Mm. In in an effort to be nice. Um but I don't oh. know how to tell him to stop because he he if it's like raining out a little bit or if I like am not home for an evening and it has to sit out overnight or really mm-hmm. he just thinks that it's generally unsafe, even though I live in a very safe area. Um, he takes them, but doesn't tell me or leave a note. So I get home and just my package isn't there, even though it says it was delivered. And I have to either knock on his door and hope he has it. Otherwise I look like a fool or I wait for him to knock on my, Oh, I, Oh, I, he's like this. Very, he, he's like, He's like a George R. R. Martin old man, <laughs> and he knocks on my door. And he, oh, it it, uh, it was raining out a little bit, so I uh, so I so I took your package and didn't want anything to happen to it. All right, thank you. Uh, all right, all right, you're welcome. You're welcome. And he just he just takes my shit, and I don't know how to tell him to stop because mm. I as much as I at do least appreciate he doesn't it. Open it. I do well. That's he's welcome to. There's nothing good in there, but it's also nothing that if it got stolen, I would get too beat up over, and it can get a little wet. But it's just mm-hmm. more of the worry of like, why isn't my one time I'm going to knock it? Oh, I, I didn't. I don't know anything about your package. I need to, you shouldn't leave your packages out. You should give them a key to your apartment and you can just like put it inside. The I, Amazon key. Th- there you go. Oh, God. Wait, he would is be that so on the lost. rundown? It is. It is on there. Oh, yeah. Segue. Th- that's complete. Wow. Boom. See, this is why Dan's in charge. This is fantastic. All right. Good. <laughs> Let's jump I in. Am, we got tech I news in charge. For those who have joined us, uh, who have not joined us before, we talk about the tech news here. We do some banter, and then we talk about the the week's tech news. We got two weeks because I was sick last week. Sorry, um, I I got about thirty minutes of sleep Sunday night, and I was dead by Monday. So um, we're back with this. We've got some news. We'll kick it off with Amazon Key. This was announced two weeks ago. Um, Amazon added some smart stuff to their lineup, including the Cloud Cam. We'll start with that, and then we'll dig into what Key actually is. Um, the cloud cam is a smart camera device from Amazon. It captures 1080p video from a uh, security camera. It's got night vision, two-way audio, a wide viewing angle, and you can view the last 24 hours via the Amazon cloud cam app. You can purchase one for $120 or get it bundled with a smart lock for $249 if you're buying an Amazon key, which I'll cover in a second. Um, the, uh, cloud cam is also available in a two pack for 200 or a three pack for 289. Uh, it's got motion detection and what they call computer vision, uh, which is where they, you know, know if it's your dog. And so it won't tape it every time and use that kind of smart stuff. Uh, you'll also have to purchase a subscription to store video clips, um, a basic extended or pro, and they've got different prices for how much you can track and how long it lasts. I won't go through all of that. Um, you can try any subscription free for 30 days. Uh, and I'm just looking to see if it says when it's available. I'm going to assume it's available now because it doesn't say otherwise. Oh, I see. Uh, I just scrolled down this article and saw the picture of like the, the, the cloud cam synced to the Echo Show. Oh, yeah. And I see the. I see the uh, what do you call that? Synergy, vertical integration, synergy, I feel like. Absolutely. I get it. It's all, all the pieces are coming together. Yeah. And it's even better when you combine it with a smart lock for the Amazon key service. Now, when you buy those two things together, the way it works is Amazon will, uh, the, your cloud cam will connect to the internet. Um, so will your smart lock and it gives Amazon permission to let their couriers into your home. Now, this is the not a UPS man per se. This is their specific delivery service. When they arrive to your home, they scan a barcode. They send a request to Amazon's Internet service. If it checks out, it grants permission by sending a message to the camera, which starts recording. Courier gets a prompt on their app. They swipe and boom, your door unlocks. They drop the package inside, relock the door with another swipe and they're on their way, you get a notification that delivery has arrived with a short video showing the drop-off to confirm everything was done properly. Now, for $249.99, you'll get the lock, the camera, and they'll come to your house and install it. Once you have it in place, um, 
It, there's no additional charge. It's part of Prime, and they say it will be available on over 10 million items, anything that's not too big or bulky. Uh, but it will only be available in 37 cities across the U.S. where Amazon handles the drop-offs themselves, though they hope to expand it in the future. So hmm. what is this Amazon courier service? I had it in Houston. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm. I, well, I, actually, I don't know where else they have it. No, it's basically a man in what looks like uh, just a van that says Amazon on it brings the package to your house instead of UPS. We have that in Boston, too. I've never seen that. Yeah. Sometimes they have like Amazon delivery people uniforms. Yes. They're very I've seen nice. that a couple of times, which was and they they're look super actually, polite. They're, mm. That was my, maybe that was a Texas thing, but the delivery guys were the, way nicer than the UPS and the FedEx guys, especially if it was like oh. larger, weird packages. And they deliver at all times of day and night. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll show up at like 10 p.m. at your house if they're running, you know, right behind. And they're very friendly about that. I always felt bad. Indeed. Um, Indeed. But, yes, uh, Prime customers can pre-order the camera today. The key app and actual delivery service will come available on November 8th. My question to you, gentlemen, uh, you, you likely live in cities where you can get Amazon Key. Or is, this, uh, is this something you're going you're, you're gonna to invest in? <coughs> See, that's the trick. Living in a city actually makes this impossible uh, because your front door isn't your door. Fair enough. And in order to do this, you have to convince your land person that, like, you know what you should do is install this internet-connected lock into your door. We're going to pay some money. We're going to take the door apart. We're going to, like... And then you have to do the same thing for your door. So I think this is actually terrible for cities. It'll never work. In the suburbs, I think it's way more possible. I feel like it works for... I feel like in Boston and like places around Boston, there are lots of like I'm thinking of like Somerville, Massachusetts, for example. There are lots of like two or three family apartment buildings where like the door that you have is, in fact, your door. Uh, But it's pretty dense. And it's also like you probably, you know, I guess it it all depends like. On the one hand, it's like kind of dense, but it's also like less city even like where I live, for example. So it would be a smidge less weird to like leave a package on your step on your stoop. Isn't it the case? So in, in a place like that, if you open the door. Like I so you're, what you're proposing is in a three flat apartment. You would open the first door, and then the delivery person would just leave the package in there. They wouldn't actually put it in your apartment. Well, so I would think, like, I've been to two places where, like, there are separate doors for each unit. Right. But then uh, there's, there's another no, there's door no, outside There's no front door. Locked. There's, like, oh, multiple okay. doors on the outside. Maybe uh, I'm just, like, I just happened to have gone to the one building that was like that <laughs> in, in, in the whole place. No, but, but I, 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 I agree with you. I think New York City specifically, I think, is a bad... I mean, I was in... When I was in Houston, the fourth largest city in the country, um, almost no apartments have a secondary door all the doors are outward facing that's right that Um, was like even even your apartment there were like the stairs up the amazon guys could get right to my door and there was even Mm -hmm. even though there are gates to the complexes they're pretty you know they're always open they people come and go pretty easily so i I agree i don't think it's for every location but i do think that there's certainly a healthy percentage out there who um but then again, like an Amazon locker wouldn't have really worked at my old apartment complex as well as, say, where you live. I think, again, I think Amazon's having different options for different people um, in, so in that situation. So for you two, then, are you going to get the Amazon key if you could get it? Well, I can't because I live, I, I personally live in an apartment building with like a front door that is that is not under my control. Hey, Sean? Uh, I do not have Amazon courier delivery where I live, so it is not possible as well. Yeah, it seems, well, yeah. 
It's okay, it. fine. It's really only Seems like market. a very limited market, but well, I mean, they say thirty-seven. So it's in most. It's. I feel like it. Basically, it's anywhere you can get Prime now. So it's a lot of. It's most major really? cities. Um, and they're they're expanding it more rapidly. This is. I. It's not in this article. It's just something I. You know. Never. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious because I've never heard of this in New York. Um, but I. I will ask you guys, assuming you had a place where you could get it. Would you? Uh, I don't think I would want to. Like, unless I had, like, a... Like I get that the camera turns on or whatever, but unless I had, like, an entryway, like, two doors or something where you could, like, let them into the first one... Sure. I don't think I'd really want that. Maybe if I, you know, I lived in a in a place that like had a problem with people snatching packages, uh, which is certainly true of some places. Um, but I don't feel like I do. Well, that that's and you you get to the point of this for me, which is why. Like I I get that it's cool and it's tech and it's like oh neat they're gonna, but I feel like there are better solutions to the problem this is trying to solve because because what's the problem that you're. You want the well, packages. Well, no, I think the problem is in a more, I think something like Somerville, Massachusetts, where it's not suburban in that there are no people around, but uh, you're not like in a city where you have a big apartment building where there's a place to put packages. The I think what happens is right now they just leave them on the doorstep and they could easily get stolen, or you. Hope maybe you have a job where you can get it delivered there. That's what a lot of people do. I know people who have their packages delivered to the nearby businesses, the bodega, the auto repair shop. I even see the signs on people's doors walking around like, UPS FedEx, please send packages to, you know, Stevens Auto Repair Shop next door. Yeah. And seriously, That's and awesome. they pick them up at the laundromat and they pick them up there. But wouldn't it be better to just come home and it's there? So if I lived in that situation where I couldn't have it delivered to work, uh, even then, if I... So this is what I was going to say. I would get things delivered to work that I can easily carry back home on the subway, but if I'm getting, like, a piece of furniture or a TV delivered, uh, that's a huge pain in the ass. You have to get a cab, and now you're adding, like, another 50 bucks onto the cost of the thing you bought. Uh, <laughs> Well, but this wouldn't this service wouldn't work because they say no large or unusual sized items. So a TV or a couch you couldn't use this for. I, really? I think yes. Like I, I a TV a TV is not like it's just. I, I well, how big of a TV? That would well, not like a seventy inch TV. If it takes two people to carry, I doubt they'll deliver it. No, no, no. I you can one person can carry a fifty inch TV in a box. I uh, a challenge. Challenge. From a car, I want to see you do that, Dan. To a house on the street, absolutely. You're you on. Bring it on. Uh, what no. do I get? Do I get the 50 inch TV if I can pull it off? This isn't the Price Is Right. No, you don't get the 50 inch TV. Um, you 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 get my praise and admiration, which is worth about as much so as a 50 inch TV. Lot. Yeah. Huh. Uh, no, I just think that. Look, it's a cool idea, but for the same price you're paying for this. You can get two years worth of a UPS or a PO box and get your packages delivered there. I, I just think that for the five percent, then, then you have to go there. You have to worry about their hours. You have to put that if, crap in your to car. To be honest, that's why if they can't do TVs, at least, then I think, or like a box fan, like how big are we talking here? Then I think that the value goes down a lot. But if you have a big enough mailbox, I feel like most of the, I know most of the stuff I buy on Amazon would fit inside a large mailbox, fit inside my own mailbox I have now. And they're not publicly visible yeah, to the world. that's what I'm saying, is like 90% of the time there's a way I can, you know, safely have a package delivered without any extra cost to myself. But that 10% of the time, you know, I might do something like this. I agree with you. It probably isn't cost effective in the long term. But what's a bigger pain in the butt? Put Install this? Or fill out the paperwork to get the UPS bin and like manage this thing and drive over there to pick it up and drive back if you have a car. Uh, but and if you don't, then that's even more costly. 
But then that brings me to my second point, which is I'm willing to give Amazon a lot, right? They have microphones all over my house, okay? Yeah, they, you're giving them a whole lot. They're listening right now, which is probably the mm. only person listening, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is giving them the ability to remotely open my home is a step even too far for the guy who does not give a shit about his privacy. Now, would you buy any sort of smart lock? There's a bunch of these. I would, but what I'm saying is, I realize any smart lock is is able to be would hacked. You, would you hook it up to Alexa? Yes. You would. Yes, I would. Of course, of course, I would. I should I should tell you guys that I did add another piece to my smart home last week. What? I expanded it. I went. I went a little crazy. Um, because I, I, it got really, it got really, I was was waiting for a demonstration just now. No, I can't cause I can't show it to you cause it's permanently installed. Um, the, I, it got very cold and I realized that my condo does not have a programmable thermostat. Uh, it only had a regular one, which is kind of a hassle when you're coming, going from work and you're turning it up and down all the time. I said, well, I could just go out and get a normal thermostat. But I could also go get one of those cool new Nest E, the cheaper ones, the white ones there. They're like mm. super sexy. Um, and I did. So I now have a Nest as well, uh, which is That's awesome. And I can yell at the the Echo Tube lady to make my hot my house colder and warmer. But what I'm my only <laughs> point I'm saying here is I just there's something fundamentally like what's to stop the and I. I hate being this guy. What's to stop the police from saying Amazon unlock Sean's house? We need to Definitely. get in there. Yeah. And look, here's, yeah, here's the thing. If the, if the police have a warrant, they're going to get into your house. But what if they don't? That's what I'm saying. Then, then it's illegal. It's legal is entry. It? And you have a video of it. It is. Is it? It's against the law. If Amazon opens See, the yeah, house. That's, that's called a get out of jail free card, my friend. I am so <laughs> I don't know what the bothered by this. the technical legal term for it is. <laughs> I'm so because all all they'd have to do is say, "Oh, he was having a package delivered." The delivery man opened the door, and the police just happened to see something inside. Oh, they they thought they saw a knife, a, a bloody knife inside, so they let themselves in. They thought a crime was being. They heard someone yell, "Help!" You never see NYPD Blue Dan. This is what this is what the police do. This is it. Mm-hmm. They're setting you up, it's, and then boom, you're in prison. Thanks, Amazon Smart Key. It does seem like sort of a a hole in your operational security. It, uh, it a little one, <laughs> just a little one. I, and honestly, I genuinely don't believe an Amazon delivery guy is going to rob your house. Like, I think the odds uh-huh. of that are slim. I just think that it's just such a weird. It's such an unnecessary, like I'm the king of unnecessary technology. And even I say this is too unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, again, my high bar or low bar, I guess for unnecessary technology is the smart washing machine. No, that's the best. The smart it doesn't no. do any See, of the, the annoying parts. Yes, the smart washing machine gives you not just negligible benefit, no benefit at all. Bull- oh We've had this God. conversation. Get out of I won't rehash it, but you're so wrong. I can't believe that you think I'm wrong about this. I don't think you're wrong. There, I know you're wrong. Here's all I can do, right? It tells you when your clothes need to be put in the dryer. No, if if it if, if you can turn it on remotely, that is value add. If you can run another cycle remotely, it's a value add. So what's the scenario here? You put your clothes in the washer. You you put the detergent in. You and like then you just go and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start the wash while I'm at work. And yes, then, an hour not, before I get home, and then I get home, and it's it's already done to go in the dryer. Or you Sorry. could just, <laughs> or or this I, or this has truly happened to me before, where I I start a load, and a load takes a little over an hour, yeah. and then I get a call, hey, you want to go do something? Uh, I can't, my laundry's running. What if there was an app where you could adjust and slow the cycle at when you're gone so it's ready by the time you come back. A dynamically smart washing machine. So slow I, it I had down? A cool idea. I had a cool no, idea. no, 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 no. Here's the solution to that is the thing that just like agitates the clothes so they don't get moldy. All new-ish dryers and washers have but what I'm saying is it doesn't know to... Once you start a cycle, you can't 
it, it needs to know to activate that. It needs to know when to stop it. It activates that when it finishes and it knows that you haven't opened the lid yet. It makes perfect sense. Also, I, Colby I has idea. an idea. I want to hear Colby's idea. He's going to solve the problem. Dan, remember when we went to Europe and they had their, their weird dryers and washers that were the same machine? Mm-hmm. That's what you need. You want that as a smart washer because then it can just like you can like start the dryer without having to go touch the washing machine. But it could do that on its like own anyways. No, and because what I- here's my the whole my whole disagreement with this is so many parts of the clothes washing process involve human intervention. You need to go to it and put your clothes in. You need to take them out. You like there's nothing right now that will tell you if your clothes are dry or not. You need to make that decision. So you gotta walk up to the thing, and be like, "Oh, are my clothes dry," and then you decide to move it to the dry cycle. If they had the technology to detect if clothes were dry, then those all-in-ones would be doing that already. Yeah. And then once your clothes are dried, you can just leave them there. There's no there's no urgency. Also, I do I do sort of like Sean's idea of the strategic like wash wash start thing. Uh like an hour before you you're, you're essentially I, I i agree dan that you can only get one load in while you're at work but that still saves you one load that you don't have to be waiting around your house for like that is but worth there's it. no difference between putting it you put it in the thing and then you go to work you could just start it then and it'll do the thing where it agitates for eight it. hours while i'm at work all day and yeah maybe that's slightly inefficient slightly is, yeah. now sean sean i have a question for you you said you 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 propose the situation. You're doing doing uh-huh. your laundry. Someone calls you on the phone and is like, "I want to do something right now." This literally <laughs> happened like two Did weeks it? ago. My brother oh, called okay. me. Hey, you want to go out and get ice cream with me, and my girlfriend? And I said, "I can't. I have clothes <laughs> in the washing machine." Damn. This is my life. Okay. Also, I will that just make not a reason to not do something. It's a great reason. All I'll say is all I'll say is one other thing about the smart washer dryer is that. In someone who has a three-story condominium, I don't always hear it go off. I need IFT integration, so my smart lights flash and my Alexas go off, and I need, like, a cacophony of sound and light to know my washer has finished, because I don't always hear it. That was that was a serious humble brag right there. That was, what, yeah. that I have such a tall wow. domicile? Three floors? My home is too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Such a curse. Anyway, uh, so you, do you in fact have a smart washer dryer or do you just I have don't it? I just have a regular one. I mean, it's pr- actually it's pretty smart. It's it's just not connected, but it is smart. It does have sensors in it, let, like weigh the laundry in the drum and know how long to run it for and all kinds of shit. That's cool. Don't ever buy washer and dryers are very expensive. Anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, also, I need a smart oven. I realize that as well. Now that I agree with. Thank you, Dan. Because you can be you can be baking something all day long. That's true. Regularly, you can also happens. forget forget to turn forget the to turn off. it off. Yes, and that makes sense. But would you let Amazon have the ability to remotely <laughs> turn on your oven? Think about that. You sure would, Sean. You you would put that Alexa skill in in a hot second. Probably. Hey Alexa, please turn on my my oven to three fifty degrees. Could you could you imagine, Dan, like you order cookies on Amazon, but then like a dude comes to your house, lets himself in with his smart lock, and then like goes to your oven and starts making you cookies, <laughs> and, you're, and you're like just watching on the camera, like what the fuck is this Those guy doing? Those cookies are gonna be so fresh. And they're and they're literally, and then he like leaves right before you get home, and you just have hot cookies. I what a service! You're selling me on this key thing now. <laughs> I would be on board with that. Hang on, hang on. You could have a whole industry of things that could happen in your house while you're gone. You could just come home and dinner is prepared. You could have warm cookies and milk. What a, what a better what better wintertime treat could you possibly imagine? I think that's just being called really, really being rich. Like I think rich people that's, already hey, have listen, that. You're talking about Fiverr before the show started. I bet you. Yeah, I bet you could get someone to come and make cookies for you for twenty bucks. I bet you could get someone to come and make it for fifteen dollars. Well, it's SaaS. It's services as a service. This is <laughs> such a good idea. 
Services as a service, as a service. As a service. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Whole nother level. This is great. Oh, God. Shame wow. on us. I want to get Sean worked up some more and talk about <sighs> the WeWork. Uh... We do have to move on to another <laughs> stupid fucking. This, this is the, the week of dumb shit. All right. Anyway, WeWork. You guys are, I'm sure you've spent some time in various WeWorks. I don't think I've ever been inside of a WeWork. No, I've, I've never been to a co-working space. Oh, wow. You're not missing. I I hate those places. Well, I've only been once, but I hated it. You've been to a WeWork? Yeah, I, I interviewed for a job at a WeWork. Oh. Not to work at WeWork, but to work at a business in a WeWork. Uh, <laughs> and it was the one in Boston. And it was... um. It was very sad. It was a bunch of businesses who just weren't legitimate enough to have a real office. Wow, harsh. I'm in a co-working space, Sean. I know. Well, you know what, Dan? I'm judging you. Um, Maybe you should get a real job. <laughs> yeah, at a real company with a physical location. Anyway, we work. Uh, the people who rent out many offices to people who don't have real companies, uh, they have decided that they are going to launch an education initiative. Um, I don't think... Did it have a specific name to it? I must have uh, missed that. They describe it, but I don't think they gave it a name. Yeah, I don't know that they have a name. We learn. I don't know. Um, we learn. And so the way it works is they're launching a private elementary school for what they call, quote, conscious entrepreneurship. Inside of New York City, we work next fall. The pilot program will consist of seven students, including one of the five young children of the WeWork co-founders, Um the students, uh, five to eight years old, spend one day a week at a 60-acre farm owned by the company and the rest of the week in a classroom near the company's Manhattan headquarters where they get lessons in business from both employees of entrepreneur uh, customers of WeWork. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 they're rethinking education, blah, blah, blah. Students will still have to meet or exceed all of the state's benchmarks for subjects such as math and reading at the farm, uh, which they bought last year. If they are learning math, they are not just sitting in a classroom learning about numbers. They are also using numbers to run the farm stand, and they're reading about natural cycles of plant life. It's a very hands-on approach to learning. Um, so yeah, that's Sean, pretty much the idea. What, what got you so worked up about this? Your reaction Do we really want to start immediate. with that? Do we really? Yeah, I think, I think really we don't just want to jump right in. Left, and I think, yeah, I think okay. we, yeah. Here's my problem. <sighs> we live in a world with real problems. Real problems that need addressing. Dan, do you know that we have more people in prison than any other country on the planet? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Oh boy! Do you know that we have more guns and gun deaths than any other country on the planet? I sure as all hell do. We have more people disenfranchised. We have more poor people. We we are at a crossroads in this nation, and it seems like these days the only people who can solve the crisis in our country, as sad as it is, is the rich and powerful, and those who choose to dedicate their times to solving those problems actually make things happen, unlike the schmucks like you and I, who, despite our best efforts, just don't have the resources to make a dent. And that's just a reality. I, I, hate, I hate it, but it is the way it is. And there are some uh, wealthy and powerful individuals who are doing the right thing, and, and are at least making an effort to donate their time and resources to helping, like, like the Bill Gates and the, the Warren Buffetts of the world. And good for them. I think that's good, and they should do that. And then you have people like these fucking morons who decided to start a school to teach kindergartners about entrepreneurship. Their company's worth $20 billion. They could be using those resources to solve actual problems, but they're not. Instead, they bought a farm where they can teach kids about farms. How many kids did I say? Seven kids, specifically? They're going to teach... Yes, it says that's how many... The, the, uh, the initial class. Uh. Well, that was just a first class. But my point being, Mark Zuckerberg donated over $100 million to the entirety of, what was it, Newark schools. I feel like that money will actually be used to have an impact. These people, on the other hand, have a little pet project where they teach kindergartners about entrepreneurship. I just think it is such an enormous waste of time and resources for a vanity project that is half PR for their existing business and half a flight of fancy that they could be actually doing something to help our country and society instead of this nonsense. Now, are you, are you against the whole concept of a company like this running the, a, a kindergarten or specifically the entrepreneurial aspect of the program? I think I don't have a problem with teaching young people entrepreneurship. I think that age might be a little young, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I have a problem with 
that it's taking place inside the farm they own and the company they own. And that if it were, okay, we're going to take a select group of New York City schools and we're going to launch entrepreneurship programs within those schools to try and bring them up from their crappy status. To me, that's benefiting society. They're benefiting themselves. And that's kind yeah, because of because it, it is private, you know, paid. They didn't, not necessarily for profit, oh, these but will, certainly paid. These will not be kids who needed a, a, another special private school because they would have gone to special private school anyway. And that that is kind of... Lame. Well, they do say in here that they're trying to make it so that the rich kids pay more so that they can afford to give lower tuition to people who can't afford I hope long-term I'm proven wrong. Short-term, this reads to me, again, like a split of a PR initiative to make themselves sound better and one of those Betsy DeVos style, I know how education should work. It works in this insane way type projects. <laughs> yeah, Am I wrong? Uh, tell me I'm wrong, please. Somebody disagree with me. I, I can't tell you you're wrong. I feel like entrepreneurship, like, I feel like there's a joke in there where it like sort of rhymes with manure and I can't figure <laughs> out what it is. I've been thinking about this for, I don't know, years. Like every time I hear that word, that's the first thing I think of. And I, I can't figure out where the joke is. Well, that's that's uh, going to be the title someday. of your book. Entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> Pull, pulling the real bullshit out of entrepreneurial. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That has a lot of potential. It feels weird, like... I guess, like, I know this exists, but it seems, like, so weird to have a company that does something else in, like, the education business. Not to say that it doesn't already feel weird to have, like, for-profit companies in the in the education business to begin with. Um, but a company that does something else... I mean, I guess Google is like sort of uh in the education services business but like a for-profit company like paying teachers to teach children seems it feels quite strange to me to teach children as like a side project seems seems quite strange something weird about that it, it it does sound like one of those sci-fi shows where it's like they're really secretly doing genetic tests on these kids and like this is a <laughs> front for that they're like trying Definitely. to make them super geniuses that's it's kind of what it sounds like right i i feel like that's that's near certain what is happening well, there was a great article floating around this week, and I wish I knew the source. It was a New York Times, Washington Post type article um, about technology and education and the big money companies, Google and Microsoft and HP and Dell, spending tens and twenties of millions of dollars in um, getting technology into schools, laptops, servers, all these sorts of things, um, recruiting teachers, paying them, sending them on trips and all this stuff. And I, I didn't know this. According to this article, there's very little scientific study that more technology in the classroom leads to better educational outcomes. Now, yeah. I, well, and again, it's 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 implementation and it's how you it's a lot of these things, but it's not a one to one correlation in the way that these companies are making it sound. Buy our laptops, your students do better. That's never mm. really been proven. No. But I, like, I don't know. I, I'm very fascinated by this. So whenever I meet a teacher, I, I talk to them about technology because, uh, you know, A, it's one thing I understand to talk to them about, and B, uh, it's changed so much since I was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, this could be my own bias, but the lack of... I think that just in general, having that is better. Like, it's it's one of those, like, it can't hurt things. I don't know that it's the best use of your money. Well, that's what it is. Yeah. But, I, you know, I don't I don't think that it can hurt. And uh, I think it en enables something I've heard having, you know, talked to some folks about it is, like, just being able to be in the classroom and, and Google something is is kind of a huge deal 
so, and you know, you want to eat level the playing field. Not everyone's going to have a laptop or a smartphone, although they increasingly do. Uh, so, I'm on board with that stuff. I think that, yeah, I think that more more companies should be, they should really be giving it away. Especially, you know, Apple saw a lot of success with this strategy in the 90s. Like, oh, you know, we'll just practically give Macs to schools, even though no one wants them, uh, because then people will grow up with them, and that pays dividends. Uh, I think Google's Chromebooks could be the same yeah. thing. iPads, certainly. Well, if you use, like, Google Classroom or whatever at age, like, seven, you you sign up for your first Google account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously that's good for them. I, d- I think they should really be giving it away more than it seems like they are, although I, mm. I don't know the economics of it. Mm. Certainly Google can afford to. Yeah. Certainly Apple can afford to, given how little taxes they're paying. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it's picks. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know do we have any other thoughts on sketchy elementary schools founded by rich tech weirdos yeah, i'm i i do i'm one of those people and maybe i'm still jaded i'm one of those people who still thinks that school in the united states really sucks and i think that there's data to show that school specifically in the united states really sucks so i think we need to be we need to be doing something different i don't I see the argument that privatization feels really gross, and I agree. I, I think the ideal scenario is that you can use this as like a way to try some crazy stuff. Like Montessori schools are private schools, but some of the things that they've done there have, you know, been not entirely adapted, but have informed, you know, more traditional classroom settings because they're able to try it out and say sure. like, hey, look, you know, here's. 30 years of doing these, you know, less structured things. And this is what happened. If, you know, that didn't exist, no one would have done that. And, you know, no public school would be able to look at that and be able to say like, yeah, we should totally do that. So I think there's a, there's a place for private schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think any, like, if they want to start a private school and they want to meet the standards by which we, our elected officials have said that this is what education means and people are willing to pay for them to provide the education, then, you know, what more There's that? Those are the rules. Well, it, They're following them. This is just a fancier version of homeschooling. Like, I, it, that's basically, when you're doing it with seven kids and one of them is your own, I mean, it's it's really just fancy homeschooling. And, and again, I'll believe it when I see more of it longer term on a larger scale. Um, you know. I th- I, something we haven't talked about is, like, this is... But my first read on this, when I just read the headline and didn't read the article, was, oh, this is just the natural evolution of workplace daycare. Sure. Like, why, Mm. like, workplace daycare is awesome, but then they go to school. Why give up the benefits of workplace daycare? Sure. That that logically makes sense. And that's, again, I don't know what WeWork strategy is, but that wouldn't surprise me if that's... You know, because they they don't just have WeWork. They also what did they call it? They launched an um, other We Live, which is a co living residence furnished apartments and building with shared amenities and communal spaces. Co living residence. That's what they that's, call it. That's called an apartment. They have Rise by We, uh, which is uh, gym equipment, co ed saunas, and yoga classes. That's all shared. Um, that's that's kind of their whole gimmick. So why not schools? I mean, if they're going to create a whole ecosystem of your life. I guess so. Uh, yeah, to be clear before when I was saying. Like, I don't feel weird about private schools necessarily. Um, just it like. I guess it like seemed odd to think about it was it was weird to think about a company that did something else in the way that like. uh I don't know, like Google is a search company, an ad company, but they make they're making self-driving cars like it. it, it to have it be some companies like random project is strange. And uncomfortable, like what is the I don't think this is a random project, though, I think it's a perk. Mm. I see that. I, that's that's an interesting take. for the parents. Yeah. Hmm. Well, keep an eye out for that. 
Maybe they'll accept you guys as students if you ask very nicely. <laughs> uh, but as Dan said, it is time for picks. We only got through two stories this week, but that's okay. Um, we're going to dive into the picks part of the show where we each pick something we think is cool and want to share with the world. And uh, you guys will get to hear about it. I'll jump in and go first. I'm first here on the list. You know, Dan, you pitched on this show last year your idea of a portless phone, a wireless future, and I have done it. You have? I've done it. I have, since I, I purchased my phone, my iPhone 8, about three months ago, I've never plugged in any kind of headphone apparatus, mm-hmm. and I have only plugged in a charging cable up to now, where I am, I've gone completely wireless in my charging. My picks this week are two Samsung wireless chargers now previously i picked the use to uh car mount wireless charger which continues to work great but i picked up two different samsung wireless charging pads these are the wire cutters picks so easy to find there and there's two different ones for two reasons one is a vertical stand-up um charging thing so your phone's kind of at a viewing angle and then the other is a flat to the ground just lying on top uh i use the uh, let's see samsung fast charge wireless charging stand I use that at uh, work, at my desk at work, so I can so see my phone. So are you always phone. charging your phone? Yes, basically. When it's not in my hand, it's charging. ABC, always be charging. Always be charging. <laughs> um, and so that's on my desk at work. And the stand-up one, I do really recommend. It's at a very nice angle. It holds the phone nice, and you can see the alerts. Ooh. I don't have a working smartwatch at the moment uh, because I have a pebble that just... Wow, last man standing over here. And it's it's not for much longer at this point, but... Um, the stand-up charger is great, and then I have the flat Samsung wireless charging pad for my nightstand. And so between those two and my car, um, it's basically always charging. It's, and those, plus my AirPods and my Bluetooth speaker, I, I have no need for cables anymore. So my picks this week are the two Samsung wireless chargers. They're the wire cutters pick. They work very well, um, and they charge up real nice for your when you guys get your uh, iPhone I still keep calling it the iPhone 10. I'm never going to stop doing that. When you get your iPhone 10s, um, you're going to be ready to get wireless. That's what the re- this, the name is supposed to be, right? It's not the X, it's the 10? That's correct. No, I thought it was the X. Now I'm confused. No, it's pronounced I, I 10, like Mac X OS 10. Oh, well, now I'm going to call it the X just to be a dick. Yeah. Because that's, that's what fun. does. Yeah. Indeed. Uh... But anyway, so you can check those out. We'll have the links on the website to those. Dan. What's up? What you got? Uh, so I think the second really awesome Switch game came out, Super Mario Odyssey. I have never really been a big Mario game fan. I did. I had an N64, and I never owned Super Mario 64. I never owned a Mario game after that either uh i think the only mario game i owned was on the super nintendo so i've never been really into it uh but i heard a lot of buzz about this game so i bought it It, we had like two really rainy weekends over the past two weekends here in new york uh and it is so much fun it's like these crazy it's it's kind of so it has all of the things that I think you would expect from a Mario game, and I think it's the best version of that. The like, controls are really easy. You get to do the fun jumping around thing. There's like some acrobatics. The uh, enemies are what you would expect with some you know crazy additions. You can use this hat to like possess all the enemies in the game and other things and like objects, so you can manipulate them. So you can like possess. Uh, these little poles allow you to flick yourself up mountains, but you have to make sure that you are able to get to the next pole. It's crazy. They're like the way they use the motion controls is super compelling. It's way better to play it with a motion control controller than like a pro controller, as it's called. Uh, it looks really good. It's just a lot of fun, and every level feels like you enter the level. And it looks completely different. It's snowy. It's a desert. It's New York City. It's the moon. Like, these crazy locations. And there's so much to do. Some things are really difficult. Most things are just really fun to do. But you never feel like you have to do everything. So you can, like, 
go to the next level and like I'll come back later and you can come back and you can do things there's no punishment for like failing you just sort of you know start over from the beginning of whatever you're trying to do so you can do it as much as you want it's not like oh now I'm out of lives I have to restart from the beginning of the level uh it's just been it was really fun especially on like a rainy day you could just play this all day long like blow through a bunch of different and like no thing felt repetitive either it was always like a new twist like oh now i'm 2d and i'm doing this thing or now i have to flip my way up a mountain or now i'm rolling like this race or i have to do this jump rope thing it it was all really good so between this and zelda i think that the switch is an easy buy nice easy buy nintendo's killing it very cool check it out super mario odyssey available now for your switch uh colby how about you Mm. uh my pick i don't know if this is a pick exactly but like just a thing you should do but like as a person who broke their apple watch last week and and hadn't gotten the extended warranty you should just get the extended warranty if you have an apple watch that's that's really all it's 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 it if you ever break it it'll be immediately worth your worth worth the money you spent on it Mm -hmm. and now i'm in this weird position where i don't know like it's like 230 something dollars to to get it repaired uh and i can't get the warranty so i'm only like a month and a half into having an apple watch so like if i ever break it again I've like that that'll be like 400 plus dollars on just repairing the watch. Um, so now I'm in this place where I'm like, should I bother repairing this or should I just buy a new stupid Apple watch and like get the warranty on that one? Also, once you break it, you cannot get the warranty on it. Um, so that's not an option either. Like I have to either buy into just repairing this one inevitably or, uh, take the take the sunk cost of my 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 first Apple Watch and get a new one, and that feels bad, and it makes me feel like I should have just got the dumb Apple Care. Mm. It's only like fifty bucks. Lesson learned. Take it from, <sighs> take it from a show where one hundred percent of the hosts who own an Apple Watch have broken them. Uh, <laughs> let, let, that is definitely a representative sample size. Um, Dan, have you broken yours more than once? No, just once. Okay. Just the once. Just yeah. the once. So. so that feels bad. It wasn't even a... It's the, like, I just never get it anymore. Because, like, I used to get it from... Like, I feel like I've gotten it on Macs before, and it never... Like, I don't drop my laptop. I'm not like some kind of animal. That's the curse of a warranty, is when you have right. it, you don't need it. And when you don't have it is when you break stuff. That's just how it exactly. is. Exactly. And I'm sure I'm never going to break an Apple Watch again, because yep. I'm going to be, like, super freaked out about it. But look, just never take it into my bathroom. Smart. Yeah. Good lesson. Stay out of Colby's bathroom. <laughs> That's where things go to <laughs> no be broken. electronics in the bathroom. <laughs> It's a good I'll put a sign on the door. Actually, I have really enjoyed using my new iPhone 8 in the shower, which has been great because they mm. are water, whatever, resistant, proof. They're not proof, resistant. Um, that's been a treat. Anyway, I did, no, I no did get to, to before I broke my Apple Watch, I got to wear it in a hot tub, and that, that was nice. I knew what time it was in the hot tub. That's Ooh, awesome. It's always hot tub time. Mm-hmm. Super. All right. Well, links to those picks and more on the website, don'tpanic.io. Um, let's use this opportunity. We're running over on time. I don't care. Uh, we're going to do some plugs. We're going to do some cross-promotion here. Uh, we're smack in the middle of a brand new adventure over on Game Nights, our Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Colby is our Dungeon Master. We're two chapters in, so there's never been a better time to start and join us. Colby knows what's coming up. Dan and I don't. Um, and there's going to be some stuff. And I will say, um, on these upcoming episodes, guys, you, you're learning about this for the first time. Uh, and this is a great time to tease it. I've decided that I think it's awfully cheap of me to have my character's name be Sean and sound exactly like me. <laughs> and I think I think in this in this effort where we're going to call each other by our character names when we're in character, and we're going to really amp up the story quality. I may change those two aspects about my character the next time we come around. So 
That is something you're going to want to look forward to in Chapter 3, which will be coming out soon at GameNights.tv. I also want to tease up for debate the show, Matt, and I do. Uh, last week, we concluded our Best Fears bracket. Uh, maybe you agree or don't agree, but you got to listen to the episode to find out what we named our Best Fear. This coming week, we have the uh, Winter Movie League, where we do our draft. We pick our movies. We talked about on the show before. It's an awesome episode. It's a can't miss, uh, and it will be published later this week at UpForDebate.tv. And, and uh, Dan, you're talking about Nintendo, reminded me, in two weeks, we will have the second pick in our Up For Debate, uh, or Up For Debate book club. And we will be reading, I actually have my copy here because I was reading it before the show, of Blake J. Harris's Console Wars, which I, I picked on this show a ways back. If you haven't read it, Matt picked it up. He didn't know I'd ever read it. He said, Sean, there's this great book I really love. It's called Console Wars. I said, Matt, I read it. It was awesome, too. So we're going to cover this. This is our second pick. So you got two weeks now to read it before we do it on the show so you can enjoy the conversation. Um, and that'll be a, a fun one about Sega, Nintendo, and video games in the 90s. It's a lot of fun. And that'll be it up for debate.tv. That being said, of course, our show, Don'tPanic.io, is our website, Twitter, at Don't Panic Show. Subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, on YouTube, so on. It's YouTube.com slash Don't Panic Show. Um, and our email address, Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. We will be back next time with more tech news, but we've got to end it here. So on behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. We'll see you next time for more tech news and good times here on Don't Panic.